if it doesn't work organically, it's not going to work with paid. So, you know, why, why throw a whole bunch of money at something that's untested? This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I am Luke Acree. And if you're wondering, wait a second, this intro is a little different. Doesn't Josh usually do the intro? Josh had an emergency, ladies and gentlemen. He couldn't join us on the show. Don't worry, he's okay. I checked in on him, but he couldn't make it. But don't worry, we have an incredible guest for you on this episode. I can't wait for you to hear from her. If you would like, go ahead and subscribe to stay paid on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you're not already subscribed. Why are you not subscribed? You gotta be subscribed. And please drop us a five-star review. We appreciate so much the reviews that you give us. This episode's feature review comes from Golson L on Via Apple Podcast. It says, love it, five stars. I've been a realtor in my area, area since 1996. I've always been a top producer. One of the ways that I keep myself motivated is finding people like yourselves that remind me of what I need to do to keep my eye on the prize. The tools that you suggest and the stories are fantastic. I am listening to them as I sit here prospecting. I look forward to listening to you more in the future. Thank you, Golson L via Apple Podcast. We appreciate that review. Guys, our guest today is Jess Lindovell. Did I get that right? pretty good. Pretty good? good. What's your last name? Give me your last name. So if it depends on how French you want to go, okay. but Linovel works. Linovel. Okay, Linovel works. Okay, I'm, I'm doing my job as the intro person. Josh has the best intro in the podcast game, so I had to ask that. So Jess Linovel, Jess is an expert in real estate. She was a real estate agent for 14 years and has built her own impressive seven-figure business, has sold over 300 million in properties in the last two years. In addition to that already impressive resume, Jess is the founder of The Listing Lab, a marketing mentorship program that has helped thousands of real estate agents grow to seven figures. Jess, welcome to Stay Paid. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we are excited to have you. I would love to dive right in. I've been following you for a while. And in fact, the way I first found out about you was through, I think, an Instagram ad. I started to see your Instagram ads everywhere and then started to follow you and the idea Mm -hmm. of omnipresent marketing and all this stuff that you're putting out there, which I think is gold. We've shared some of it here on our podcast. I would love for you to share your journey with the audience, maybe the 30,000 foot view. You've sold so much in real estate, have had a successful career already. Mm -hmm. Lead us up to what led you to where you're at today. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in real estate for a long time. I grew up in the business. My mom has been an agent for 35 years. And I got my license at 21. Kind of got thrown into the deep end. Um, I, I had to figure out a different way of doing things just because, you know, my mom's sphere was my sphere. So I didn't have the opportunity to really work my sphere the way that they tell so many new agents to do. Um Facebook was this brand new thing that nobody really knew how to use at that point. And I built my business having conversations on Facebook. Um, I would go into the classified section and give value and start conversations. And then I I built a a baseline client base from there and it just kind of compounded. Um, I sold for 14 years. I don't sell anymore. So I sold for 14 years. I built a multi seven figure, very lean team. Um, and then I had a bit of like an existential crisis. I think mm. that it was like my a midlife crisis in my mid-30s. And just really decided that I 
wanted to help other agents. Mm. I was watching so many people make the mistake of thinking that real estate was going to be an easy path. And I really felt like I had cracked, I'd kind of cracked the code a little bit. Um, So my husband, who I've been with for 10 years, he's worked with me for 10 years. um, We actually walked away or shut down our team. Oh, wow started, um, we, we've gone, you know, hundred percent into our company now, which is the listings lab. Um, and since we started the listings lab, we've, we've, we've built a, helped build quite a few seven, fig, like multi seven figure agents, um, are, we have, we have the most amazing community of people. I think it's because the people who resonate with me are not necessarily going to be the same people who resonate with like, I don't know, like your typical real estate marketer. Yep, sure. Um, I tend to be, you know, I'm wearing a, a pineapple shirt right now. <laughs> you know, like I, I tend to be like a lot more, I, I think the word is transparent. Okay. Um, and I really... Well, do you think that most, um, like a lot of the info out there, people aren't being transparent or they're sharing like fake information and that's why people are failing? I feel like there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there. Mm. Um, there's a lot of, you know, people who have programs that are, are really great marketers, but not the program isn't necessarily given the same attention as their front end marketing. Um, I also think that, you know, a lot of the time people are helping others build businesses that fall into their idea of what success looks like. Mm. And I'm a really big believer that if I don't know where you want to go, I can't help you reverse engineer that. So good. Right. So, you know, a lot of what we do is based around our philosophy of freedom, not built, not, not creating a whole bunch more burnt out agents. I think there's enough of them and really just focusing on, how do you want your life to look and using your business to be the vehicle for that life, Mm. as opposed to this buy-in of the hustle grind mentality that, you know, you have to live and breathe real estate. You have to answer your phone at all hours. You have to be on call all the time. Um, That's really just not, I, I don't think it's the best way to run a business. And, you know, the most successful people in the world don't run their businesses like that. Yeah. They get leverage. They, yeah, they it's, leverage it's, about, it's about leverage. It's about automation, but it's also just about attracting the right people. You know, I think that the, this buzzword of attraction marketing has been thrown around so much, but the truth of, of it really is, is that, yeah, you can build as big a business as you want without having to base it off of manual chasing or prospecting. And you get to do it in a way that you're attracting people that you would have a beer with, as opposed to having to take on all of these clients just for the sake of hope, hopefully something coming from, from every conversation. I also think that there's a lot of boundary issues in real estate too. So I would agree with you. I think there's so many, I mean, the the failure rate is huge. Everybody knows that, that listens to the show and you're right. I think people just get on the hamster wheel. I call it. You said something that I want to point out that I think is really, really true. And it's a golden nugget is don't watch what people say or listen to what people say, watch what they do because a lot of times they're selling you stuff (laughs) that they don't even do in their own business. And that's a telltale sign. So like watch what people do. And that's a way you can learn is actually watching what they actually do. Well, Uh, and there's also so many marketers out there who've never sold real estate. 
Mm. Right. Like there's so many people who they're like, I I'm a marketer. Where can I make money? I'm going to niche down into real estate without truly understanding the business. Yeah, it's um, it's, uh, well, I'm actually one of those marketers. Right. So I'm a marketer that has never sold real estate. But I actually agree with your point to a certain degree of what you have to do is you have to understand what your value prop is and going and going in. And what I always tell people is, look, what my job is, is I'm trying to help you attract consumers, whether you're in real estate, you're in insurance, you're in financial yeah. advising, it doesn't matter, right? We work in 140 different industries. How do mm-hmm. you as a brand get in front, get attention, attract people in, nurture them, all that good stuff. But yeah. I hit a crisis in my own business like five years ago because we worked with thousands and thousands of real estate agents. And I just felt in my heart like, man, do I really understand this business? And do I really, am I really coaching people the right way? We then mm. started podcasting, right? To interview successful people. But I convinced my little brother to get into real estate so <laughs> okay. I could get boots on the ground with them. And yeah. uh, people who listen to our show know the story, but you know, he did, he's been in business now. It's about five years. He did 320 okay. transactions last year. Nice. But the ability like for me now to speak into real estate is so much more because I've actually lived and breathed it now and sure. worked it right and all that stuff. So your point is so well taken of like, hey, you got to make sure that the people that where they're guiding you, they actually know what you're trying to achieve and they actually for have sure. gotten there before or they have proven sure. track record to do it. Talk for to sure. me about digital marketing though, because you yeah. said you built, you know, 14 years in the business. I think the the bio said last two years you, you had sold 300 million of properties, which is unbelievable. Talk to me. You did this all through a lot of digital marketing. It was it, all digital. Okay, all digital. What is the greatest problem facing agents like in the digital space, especially with the algorithms and the different platforms mm-hmm. today? How do I get attention? How do I attract business through using social or digital marketing? I think that people have forgotten what the baseline of all marketing is, which is human psychology, right? Everybody is just throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and hoping that something sticks. You know, just because your friends and family really liked one of your Facebook posts does not mean you should boost it and spend a whole bunch of money to get in front of more people. That doesn't... I I think that there's just so much misinformation about what's working and what's cutting edge. And, you know, in real estate, for the most part, I find that agents are at a minimum five years behind. Mm. They, you know, things are done in other industries and then eventually they trickle down into the real estate space. I think one of the reasons why that happens is because a lot of brokers, you know, were brought up and built their businesses in the 70s and the 80s. And that's who a lot of agents are are looking to for advice and mentorship. They're going to their brokers and saying, hey, what should I be focusing on? And they're still telling them to cold call and door knock and send out direct mail. And we just live in a very different world. And, you know, the the way that I explain this, especially to agents who've been in the business for a long time, is, you know, just think back to just your basic science, like basic science theory. And, you know, the whether it's a species, whether it's a business, those that are going to survive and thrive are the ones that are the most adaptable. And so what we're finding is that a lot of agents are very stuck in their ways and it holds them back. And then by the time, I mean, I have agents now and like, I'm, I'm happy to help them get caught up, but it's a big learning curve to go from, I have never even logged into Instagram to, I, I need to, 
get to a point where I'm comfortable enough with the platform to generate business from it. Mm. Well, how do you do that? Walk us through because, you know, it. I've hear like a lot of people want to know, how do I generate business without doing the cold calling, the door knocking, that stuff mm. like that? How would you do that tactically? Like, what does that look like kind of from yeah, a step so, standpoint? So there's a couple of steps that we take people through. Um, you know, one of them is niche down. Okay. Like, who are, who are you targeting? Right? And I think that the worst messaging that we see out there now, right now, especially from, a, from an attraction marketing standpoint, is the, I'm here for all of your real estate needs. The, I can help you buy, sell, rent, and invest from here to Timbuktu. Right? Because what that actually sounds like is, I don't specialize in anything, I'll take what I can get. Mm. And, you know, so, so often we hear agents talking about how they want to be treated better by the public. They want to be looked at as like real professionals, like doctors and lawyers and doctors and lawyers niche down, right? You don't go to a neurosurgeon for your foot. And it's, it's the same thing in real estate. It's, you know, who do you specialize in? What demographic can you help? And really gearing not only your marketing, but also your services around their specific needs. They're specific. So, and that's really how your value proposition shifts in terms of being super relevant to the people who you're actually trying to speak to. So once we've got a solid niche, then it comes down to, well, what's the psychology? So we, we teach a nine point psychological journey, which, Hmm. you know, takes a long time to like to teach and learn. And, but the baseline of it is that there are nine things that people need to see from you in order to say yes. And there's a certain frequency and a certain consistency, as well as, you know, a lot of the time when you're just saying, Hey, here's my head and call me. There's not enough there. People aren't just going to call you because you have a really nice smile. It, you know, people are going to... <laughs> I smile know, you... as you say that, not because I have a nice <laughs> smile. But... <laughs> <laughs> but it's just one of those things too, where if you're not giving someone everything that they need in order to say yes, you're never going to get the come list me calls. The like, hey, I've seen your stuff. I'm ready to work with you. And that's really what we're going after. We're really going after like, let's take somebody from stranger to client get them comfortable enough, build that, the, you know, the, 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 the infamous no like, and trust. Right. Right. And, and so all of that can be done through organic social media. And then once, and, and this is the other thing too, is that like, let's vet it first. If it doesn't work organically, it's not going to work with paid. So that's a you know, great why, tip right there. Great why throw tip. a whole bunch of money at something that's untested? Yeah. Right. So again, it it comes down to put it out organically as it starts to compound and starts to work organically. You know that it's you've got something there and that it's valid. Facebook even recommends or Instagram recommends now, like they'll they'll tell you this is doing better than 95 percent of your other posts want to boost it. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, we also don't teach boosting because I also think that there's an element of campaigns. Instead of running an ad, people shouldn't be looking at like running ads. They should be looking at running camp like psychologically driven campaigns. What so do you mean? Uh, just so we understand, what do you mean? Um, like psychological campaigns yeah. versus just an ad? I'd love to so hear let's that. So let's say let's say you run an ad that's like, hey, here's you know one two three ABC Street. If you want more information, fill out the lead form below. Yep. And they're filling out a phone number and an email address. For a lot of agents, that's where it stops. Yes. Right. They're collecting a lead and they're saying, okay, I have, I have thousands of leads, but they're crap. 
Well, of course they are. They're so cold at that point. Yeah, they're top top of funnel, maybe middle of funnel for a few, few, few of them. Exactly. And so and so what's happening so often is that then the agent is calling them once or twice and then they end up in some CRM crappy drip sequence and that's it. They never get they never get touched again. And so, you know, a lot of what what needs to happen is like, what if we put the focus on someone after they become a lead? And really nail the the content, nail the psychology of what that person needs to see from you, what they need to hear, what they need to see, what results they need to see, hit all of the psychological points that are going. And and if we want to make it super, super simple, I would just just say authority content, personal content, social proof. Okay. Authority content being um, you're like an expert in your field. So you know about the market, you know about all that stuff. It's educational content, right? Education, tips and tricks, um, market reports that are not just infographics. Yep. Like let's actually take the information, take the data, interpret the data for your niche, and then also explain like, here's what this means for you. So positioning yourself as an authority first. Yep. Then the personal content, you can't know, like, and trust someone if you don't know anything about them. So this is the piece that I think most agents are missing because they're super worried about not being professional. But it's a human to human business, right? So people make decisions emotionally before they make them logically, yes. whether they're choosing an agent, whether they're buying a house, you know, so we have to, we have to click in some of that, that emotional factor, which happens through personal resonance, right? So the more you share about behind the scenes, who you are, personal philosophy, tell personal stories. If you are obsessed with your dog and your audience, including the people who are in your funnel, don't know, don't, don't, they don't know your dog's name, we have a problem. Mm. Right? So this is really comes down to is this person going to feel comfortable enough coming up to you in a grocery store and having a chat? If not, they're probably not going to feel comfortable enough reaching out to say, hey, come, come sit in my living room with me and yeah. tell me what my house is worth. There's an, right? there's an agent that does this really well organically. If people are looking for like example, we interviewed Shannon Gillette. I don't know if you know of Shannon Gillette or not. Mm-hmm. You should look her up. But she just like her whole Instagram, it's like, and she was on our podcast. She said, you know, the goal of Instagram is not a, a commercial. It's a, it's like, it's, a, not, it's a reality it's a TV. Yeah, it's a reality TV show at best. If you mm-hmm. wanted to give a comparison. But I mean, I think she closed 90 million last year, uh, mostly from Instagram doing what you're talking about, which is just sharing the life. I'm curious though, right, to follow the train of thought all the way through. So you're building this credibility. You So you generate the lead, but then you're retargeting them, I'm assuming, right? Whether it's organically or with other ads that target that lead. How long are you seeing that takes on average to generate a lead? And do you have any kind of averages of like cost of acquisition, Obviously, you know, it's going to be different in different areas, but across the board, we see from Facebook ads for generating leads, we're seeing around a $10 average across the nation. Some places are three bucks, some places are $15, right? It just depends where you're at. But I'm curious on that longer form because the lead doesn't matter. It's the conversion. What what, what averages are you seeing? It really depends on the market. I mean, like New York City is going to be very different from like, you know, Dayton, Ohio. Um, it's, it, I think that it, it, it usually coincides with the price point of the market. 
How much do you think an agent should spend on those type of branding ads or like uh, retargeting ads? Because that's the struggle. Like if I'm an agent right now, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I want to do that. So mm-hmm. you run your lead form. Well, so, or- so here's the, the first the first mistake that we see. And actually, I had an agent today send me a retargeting ad that he wanted to run. And I was like, there's no messaging here. This is a billboard. This looks like a business card. Mm. Like, why would you put money behind this? Like, there's like, what what's the intention here? Right? So video, long form copy, telling stories. Stories are 22 times more memorable than facts. Mm. Don't spend money on Google display ads when you're not building the psychological journey from some other aspect of it. In my opinion, the Google display ad or like that billboardy type image that you throw in front of someone is like the last piece of the pie when your marketing budgets are very high. So, I mean, as an example, it also depends organically how much business you're generating. Like I, we have... Um, I have someone that I'm working with right now. She does, she did, you know, 200, 200, 250 million in production last year. That's unbelievable. 75% of that came from organic social media. And we literally just topped the rest of it up with ads. Was it um, organic in the sense of, did you guys run lead forms to get leads in so they see her posts or no? It was just totally organic. It was 100% Instagram and Facebook. How did she grow her following? Her following's not huge. Interesting. Okay. It's just very highly targeted and relevant. Love that. That is awesome. And the yeah, content so, I mean, she's I putting out. That, that oh, agents get really sorry, agents get really caught up in the vanity metrics of things. Yeah. Right? I want to have more followers. Should I buy followers? No. Like if you live in New York, you don't need a whole bunch of followers from Spain. Right? Like all you want and everything should be even hashtag wise. Like agents are using hashtag realtor. If you don't have 50, 60 to 100,000 followers, you're never going to show up on that hashtag and it's a waste. Mm. But if you are saying like, you know, Cincinnati, hashtag Cincinnati realtor or hashtag Naples realtor, like it, that, that's a much smaller demographic that you're going to hit. And it's, you're going to actually get your content in front of people that it's probably more relevant to. Do you want a larger presence on social media? Of course you do, because that's where your audience is. Check out Reminder Media's newest product, Branded Posts, specially designed to increase your presence on social media without increasing your effort. Choose from thousands of already written blog posts on topics your clients care about, like real estate, travel, and recipes. And the best part is, these are branded with your photo and contact information and ready to be shared. Plus, every two weeks, we'll send to your list of contacts a personally branded email newsletter filled with recipes, stories, and ideas that they will love to get. Visit ReminderMedia.com slash posts to see our newest digital product and start dominating your social media. That's ReminderMedia.com slash posts. Take action on this today. So the main strategy really that you're seeing is, okay, you got to be out there consistent on your social, Mm -hmm. right? You were, you mentioned something in your story that you were engaging on classified ads. So I'm assuming like, and I take what I take from that is like, you just use social as an engagement pr- platform of like, engaging that was with like people. yeah, that was like 15 years ago, 16 years ago. I think ago it's brilliant though. I think that's also there was nothing else, yeah. right? Like there was, it wasn't even marketplace. It was, you know, like in search of 
an apartment, I would start giving value. I had a whole bunch of assets that I built out that were targeted towards certain demographics. I would send those over. I would have conversations. I would give value. Eventually, they would ask to like, you know, ask to work with me. There was no hard sell. There was no, hey, you can work with me without having to pay anything. There was nothing. It was nothing like that. I started out with buyers. And then over time, it changed and it shifted. Um, And yeah, I mean, it was just it, it, it went from there to, you know, we don't do this anymore. But at one point, I had 40 landing pages at one time that were that were all running again, like, that's no longer super useful. It's, it's, you know, digital marketing as it shifts and changes, it, it provide in my opinion, I think it, it gets better and better and it provides more and more opportunity to actually, um, to actually get in front of people to target more, more effectively, Yeah, you know, and, and, I think that it's it's so easy to say, oh, well, you know, because of the iOS changes, you know, I, I don't want to be retargeting because, you know, yeah, I've heard my that website, a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, why are you driving people to your website in the first place? People don't convert off of websites anymore. So instead, let's look at other ways to get in front of people, get 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 your messaging in front of people. And the content, the better the content is, the higher the conversion rate is going to be. If somebody that comes to me and says, Hey, I've been, you know, retargeting, and I'm using the nine content types, and you know, whatever, and, and, and I'm not really seeing the results. The first thing that I'm going to say is, go back and look at your original market research interviews. Are you really hitting the pain points? Are you hitting the problems? What does your content look like? Are you actually putting enough personal content out? Usually there's like a little bit of a of, of an issue there. And then lastly, is the social proof. You know, social proof is not just listed, just sold. Mm. Social proof are, are case studies, testimonials, media, or PR, right? It's the things that are actually going to show people that you've taken all these other people who are in their demographic, in their area, with the same pain points, with the same concerns, and they're happy. Mm. So how often should somebody be posting in your kind of experience that you've seen? I think like, you know, five times a week. Okay. So like one time a day, basically. That's what I, I, I really, when I'm doing it for myself, I try to do one time a day. It's really what I tell people is what can you commit to and be be consistent in that? Um, You know, I've heard people say, and I've heard the algorithm be like, if you can post two to three times a day, it can up your chances of being seen. We're actually finding the opposite. Yeah, but I started trying to post more. We did as a team here and we were like, it didn't really make a difference one account's not a good case study, right? But at the no, same but it's time... Also, it doesn't allow that one post, that first post to compound throughout the day. What it tends to do is it, it basically cuts off the reach of that one to try to bump the next one. And yeah, I, I definitely think that... What about... Once a, once a day. What I was going to say, what about stories? Stories... I think so stories have a very different purpose. I see stories as more of your 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 nurture sequence. Okay. Your behind the scenes, your, you know, I think that people should be posting on stories every day. It's super easy to do. You don't have, you don't have it doesn't have to be curated. It gets to be super like super relaxed. People want to see what you're doing outside outside yes. of work. But it, it also gives a really great opportunity too to not put the salesy stuff in your feed, right? Like 
you have a really great, a really great conversation with someone you want to, you want to do something or have somebody say, Oh my gosh, like you got to work with, you got to work with Taylor, right? That's so great to put in your stories and save it to a highlight. Or, you know, if there's something that, that you do in your stories, that's super fun. You know, I just moved to the Bahamas. I don't have, I'm jealous. I don't have a whole bunch of content in there about like my move to the Bahamas, but everybody who follows me knows that I moved to the Bahamas because of my stories. Mm. Right. So it allows people to, and, and you have to remember too, people move every three to seven years. So you have to be relevant to them and you have to give them a reason to keep following you in between. And if everything is only real estate, you're not going to get relevant. You're not going to be relevant all the time and you're going to have a lot of audience churn. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, literally, I mean, it in your database, if you think of your Instagram kind of like your database, right? Yeah. So the database, the stats out there, if, um, you know, if you think about it, it's like Tom Ferry, I think he found that about 10% of your database should turn into a transaction a year, seven to 10%. Gary mm-hmm. Keller, when they did the Millionaire Real Estate Agent, they said about 17% of your nurture. definitely dropped a lot since yeah. then. Right. So he said 17% should be nurtured. You have that stat. So that should tell you, man, if you just look at your followers, if you nurture them, if they're following along on your story, you can think about seven to 10% of those people are going to need your service this year. Are you going to- As long as you're putting the right thing in front of them. Exactly. Correct. And that's a way to think about it. And the other way to think is, um, I forget where I learned this, if it was Jimmy Mackin or who it was, but um, about 18% of your database will expire. A year, meaning totally. like you have to keep adding to your yes. database because people just naturally move away or, or something happens, right? And so they're not in your database anymore. So it's a constant thing. And I loved what you said about don't get lost in the vanity metrics. One of the greatest, most powerful things I heard about social is just like, even if you have 200 people watching your story, imagine going to a movie theater filled with 200 people. And having that, that audience. And having that audience. That's what they're doing. They're literally watching you just like they would watch a movie. You have 200 yeah. people that are watching your story and you can capitalize on it if you change your mindset from the vanity metrics or the, I'm trying to get something from them to the, hey, I just want to put out valuable content yeah. that they will enjoy. And then also authentic content, right? Like you're saying. That, Absolutely. That comes across genuine. Okay, got to ask you this because we ask every successful person that comes on the show. You've been extremely successful. I didn't know you were living in the Bahamas. So obviously, I'm not following you enough because you're super successful if you're living there. I love that. <laughs> but um, what are your routines that you do every single day or that you have found that drive success for you? Um, I journal every day, sometimes twice a day. Okay. Um, I start my morning with a coffee in my journal. Uh, sometimes if it's been a day, I will also end the day in, in my journal. Um, I... I tend to uh, time block. So I do calls and podcasts and interviews and things like that on Mondays and Thursdays only. Um, The rest of the week is I even have a day. I have one day for consumption Mm. for me to read to watch other co- other people's content, to listen to podcasts, to that is my day that I take in. And then I also have a day where I create and they're not the same day. So um, I, I think what I've, what I've you know, been able to do over time is really refine my ideal calendar so that it fits the way that I work. I also have a team of 14. So not everybody can do 
you know, has the freedom to, to, to schedule things the way that I have things scheduled. I've got people on my team who take calls every day, right? So it's, it's really about, you know, what do you want your daily life to look like? What do you want your week to look like? And then, you know, how can you make that a reality over time? You know, who needs to do what to take things off your plate? I spend the majority of my time now in my zone of genius because I no longer have to do the things in the business or that I, I'm not really great at. I have people who are better than I am at those things that get, you know, that spend their time doing that. Um, so no one who works with us ever has to feel my weaknesses because I have someone else who fills that gap for me. That's so good. I love that. I love the time blocking because it's the more and more I get around successful people, the more and more I realize, man, they're so disciplined in controlling their schedule, which mm -hmm. is a commitment, which is truly an activity of, of work. Like you have to work at being good at controlling your schedule, but the ones who do it well are really successful. All right. Last question for you. What advice would you give to younger Jess? Uh, maybe think mm. high school age kid, you know, you knowing what you know now, what advice would you go back and tell? You don't have to fake it. Hmm. I was very insecure when I was younger. Um, and I think that some of my early success came from feeling like I had to prove something. Um, but I, I really think that, you know, and I say this a lot, results don't take time, they take courage. Mm. And I, I think that there was, there was a lot of things that I didn't do because I was afraid to. and. Yeah, I think that I would, I, I would, I would be braver. I love that. Yep, I love that. I think so many of us we live by the opinions of others. A and, thousand percent. And, yep, Fear and of it, judgment. Yep. And when you break those chains, man, it's so freeing. But it again is a constant battle. Thank you so much, Jess, for being here. Tell people where they can connect with you, where they can find out about what you're yeah. doing, and how they can get involved. So Instagram is just at Jess Linovell. Um, and I have a Facebook group too, that has about 20, you have to be licensed to be in the group. So there's 24,000 agents in that group. It's That's called awesome. the listings lab method for real estate agents. Um, there's trainings that go out in there every day. Um, everything goes in there first. My book was released in there first. Like everything, everything happens in there. It's a really collaborative community. Um, it's really the opposite of a lot of real estate communities. There's no, like, there's no complaining. Everybody's just in <laughs> Okay, there, that's like, shocking. I got to get my license just to get in that group. <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's no complaining in there. Everybody's just helping each other. There's, there's none of this complaining about the market or everything in there is very solutions oriented. That is great. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you all so much for listening to dive deeper into this episode and get all the links that Jess just mentioned. You can find that over at staypaidpodcast.com. You can get all the show notes and the video there as well. If you've enjoyed this podcast, which I'm sure you have, and you want to show your support, you can do that in two easy ways. You can head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a review. We love a five-star review, but we'll take any review. We love your honest feedback. Thank you guys so much for listening. And the easiest and best way is share this episode with a friend. Maybe post it on social media if you're looking for content to post, if it's something you've enjoyed. Share this episode with a friend. Josh and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you want to get a hold of Josh or I, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or you can find us on Instagram at Stay Paid Podcast. So Every episode, we want to give you guys an action item that you can literally take and go, okay, I just listened to this. What can I put into action for my business? I believe the action item that you need to put into work right now is who is your niche? 
Mm-hmm. Who are you actually trying to target, right? The obvious one would have been cho- choosing go post. You know you need to be posting, right? You need to do that, but you can't post if you don't know who you're posting for, right? Or you can't what to post, say. Yeah. Right, or what to say. So who is your niche? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever sat down and go, hey, who am I trying to target? Who am I trying to help? Who am I the best with? And sometimes if you've been in business and you have clients, call them up. Ask them why they worked with you. What a great source of feedback that you'll get to be able to formulate that to really improve your marketing. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 